It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the station, its staff, management, or ownership. Thanks for tuning in to Clearview Hudson Valley on your favorite local iHeartRadio station. Proudly brought to you each week by Accent Insurance Services, an independent insurance agency helping clients like you save on auto, home, and business insurance. Visit AccentFGInsurance.com for more info. This is a replay of an interview I was very proud of with Richie Lay and Russ Vernon, both of whom were on the board of directors of the Purple Heart Hall of Honor, Inc. I'm Uncle Mike, and I have two heroes in the studio with me and their two friends as well. Uh, we're going to be talking about the upcoming Purple Heart Patriot Project. But before I get started, I want to welcome to the studio, retired from the United States Marine Corps, a Vietnam veteran, Richie Lay. Richie, how are you, buddy? Thank you very much, Mike. I'm doing great. Richie is the chairman of the Purple Heart Hall of Honor, Inc., which is the fundraising arm of the Purple Heart Hall of Honor. And also joining us is a retired colonel from the United States Army, Russ Vernon from the Fighting 69. So, Russ, good morning and thanks for coming out. Hey, good morning. Great to be here. So, we're here to talk about the exciting things that are going on at the Purple Heart Hall of Honor. But before we get started, I always make it a point to have people listening find out a little bit about the voices behind the mic. So, Richie, I'm going to start with you. Just give a little background and how you ended up with the Purple Heart Hall of Honor, Inc. and as its chairman. Well, uh, thanks a lot. And I, before we go any further, I just want to thank you and iHeartRadio for all you've done over the course of the years. This is not the first time I've been with you, but you're a big supporter of veterans. I myself, yeah, I'm a veteran for Vietnam. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps. I served there during the Tet Offense in 1968. Infantryman slash radio man. So it doesn't get any better than that. What I like to refer to is the great big camping trip of 68. When I, uh, when I came home, I worked in the New York City Police Department. I ended up moving up in the area, retired. And um, many, many years ago, Andy Kamachak, our former director, was on the board of directors. And I made a mistake of sitting alongside him one day and saying, hey, anything I could do for that organization, let me know. And the rest is all history. Uh, here I am as the uh, the current board chair. Russ will be following me very, very shortly, but we we have a dynamic group. Richie, as always, thank you for your service and and uh, you, and your continued service. I, I think thank it's you. important that people realize that Marines are always Marines. We know that, but soldiers are always soldiers. Yep. And they, there's something about the DNA of a soldier that they were born to serve, and even after they get out of the service, I'd say 98% of them continue to serve. Right. And it's it's it's. I, I am all humbled and honored to be in the presence of all you guys all the time. But it just always amazes me. Russ, let's hear a little bit about you and how you got to where you are with the uh, Purple Heart Hall of Honor, and we're going to talk about the armory as well. Great. Well, Mike, I wore a uniform for 28 years, starting as a cadet, then on active duty, and then later in my career in the National Guard. And it was an honor to serve, but it was my troops and my soldiers that did the hard work day in, day out, kept me alive, kept me out of harm's way. And I continue to do everything I can to support our veterans, give them the thanks due. And particular concern of mine is our Vietnam veterans. They came back home and weren't treated so well. And every chance we get to thank them and, and welcome them home 
properly, uh, we need to take advantage of. Now, right? you're on the board of the Purple Heart Hall of Honor, Inc. Yes. You're vice chair. Vice chair. Yeah. When Richie gets out of your way, you're going to take over. <laughs> and I mean that affectionately. Yeah, those I, are hard shoes to fill. Yeah. But I, I hope I... Uh, but I hope it's I, interesting. I think the country finally is starting to come around and realize what our veterans mean to us, but what the Vietnam guys went through. And, and I know most Vietnam guys I talk to now, right. they don't want to hear thank you for their service. They want to hear welcome home is what they want to hear. And right. we deserve to give, they deserve a welcome home. They never got one. So what we're doing, we do it with the honor flight. Right. And I do it every chance. I'm telling you, when I see a Vietnam guy, I walk over and tell him welcome home. And, yeah. and usually they're they're happy to hear that. So, But this project, I was so excited when Richie and, and Brian Moore came to me and said what they had in mind. I was like, that is cool. I, I'm on board 110%. Let's make this thing happen. And it's going to be a yearly, yep. maybe a couple times a year eventually. It's patterned after the honor flight, but it's not the honor flight. It's not the same thing, but it's patterned in that way. So people listening, all you that come out and support us at Stewart Airport, every time we have an honor flight, I expect each and every one of you in that armory, because this is the same thing. We're honoring, respecting, and thanking veterans. Unfortunately, these veterans gave a piece of themselves, physically, mentally, some of them gave their lives. To be received a Purple Heart means you were wounded in action on foreign soil. So they gave a piece that they can't get back, and we need to thank them for that. And that's why this project is so important. The Purple Heart Hall of Honor is a uh, national, soon to be a national museum, right here in New Windsor, New York. Mm -hmm. And and we talk about it all the time, Russ, Rich, people that live in New York have never been to the Statue of Liberty. They've never been to the Washington Cantonment. So much of the revolution happened right here in the Vales Gate, right here in, in Windsor, in the area. And we've got people that, like, you know, you'll, you'll say what's going on. Like, what are you talking about? Where is that? So that's one of the goals that we need to do moving forward is to get people more aware of, of the of the Hall of Honor there, which has become an incredible show place. Right. I mean, it already right. is to, for me. I mean, I'm in awe every time I go there, but you're going to continue to build that to where it is a national show place. Mm-hmm. And this project is going to focus all the Purple Heart recipients across this nation on the Hall of Honor every year at least once or twice a year and I think it's just uh, I think it's it's huge but it's so important and and one of the other things we'll touch on in a few minutes that I've witnessed there is the newest generation our kids got to get them in tune to what happened. Most kids have no idea why their uncle or their grandfather or their father, what they did and, and, and if they are suffering from something. They don't understand what they went through. And these children need to understand that because if they don't, their freedom means nothing to them. And, and I think that's where we can kick it they, off. You're absolutely right. They don't appreciate that because they weren't taught that. That's not in the curriculum anymore. It's just not taught. However, the kids that come through, and there are a number of bus tours that attend, they're it opens up their eyes because they can connect. And I'll, I'll remind, um, I just want to remind the audience, when we did the opening of the the rebuild, the renovation two years ago, one of the first uh, depictions as you walk in on the right-hand side were the Harlem Hellcats. And during World War One, they had their own armory. One of the people walking through with his grandson looked up at the picture of the ambulances during horse-drawn ambulances during World War One, And the um, the grandkid looked up and he said, what is that? He says, that's where your grandfather was. And the kid said, wow, I didn't know. And then the, the father moved down and he said, this is where your, your great uncle was. And then they get down to the Vietnam exhibit and he said, this is where dad served. So you saw, what this kid saw was a generational movement from World War One, World War II, into, right into Vietnam. So it was, he was impacted by it. 
So I was blessed when you did the re, the grand reopening when you yes. did it. We broadcast live from the yes. event, and yes, Andy Kamanchuk, who was a close friend of all of ours, was in, was the executive director at the time. He took us through the morning of before it officially opened, and the same thing happened. There was a grandfather with his grandson standing in front of the shores, the picture of Normandy, right? And he stand, and the little the little boy is taking this all in, and then he's pointing and saying, "He's I was there." He says, "Matter of fact, that might be me in that picture." That little boy's eyes were as big as right. silver dollars, and all of a sudden, history became real. It wasn't a book, it wasn't a film, it was a living human being who's telling them that I was there, and that's what we need to do with the children today. It's got to be made real to them. Face it, our society today, our kids are on their phones and on their laptops. That's where they live. Right. So all of a sudden, to have a living, breathing soldier who went through what they went through, telling them what happened. And of course, with Generation Bridge that we do with the Honor Flight, the World War II guys, mm-hmm. they go into the high schools. They're telling stories that aren't in the history books right. of really what happened. And and it's just, fa- I've been in several of those sessions. It's fascinating to watch these kids all of a sudden realize that there's a whole other world out there that they don't know anything about. But this is one of those things we've got to do. So Russ, what's your perception on the whole? So you've been around the hall quite a bit. And uh, now you're doing so much work with the armory. You're, you're seeing the kids we're talking about. You're teaching kids to read in that armory, which yes. is incredible. But history, people look at history sometimes to say it's not important, but it is important. It's critical. Our history, whether uh, we like it or not, whether we're proud of it or not, is our history. There's a lot of people want to erase our history. And we're approaching close to 2 million people who have been awarded a Purple Heart. And to get awarded mm-hmm. uh, that medal, you had to be wounded or killed in battle mm-hmm. by a foreign combatant. And today in our hall, there's about 250,000 of those close to 2 million registered. And we want to make sure the reason this Patriot mission is so important is we do need to get the word out nationwide. We need to get those other one and a half million or so registered so those histories can be archived. Those that are living, we can get them on video so their children, grandchildren, and generations well after can walk into that hall, go into a kiosk, put in a name, and see a face in their own words tell their story. This is a replay of an interview I was very proud of with Richie Lay and Russ Vernon, both of whom were on the board of directors of the Purple Heart Hall of Honor, Inc. You know, it was very, it's very important, and Russ is, uh, Russ will go into the armory aspect of it again, but the armory lay dormant for a while. Joe Farina, who just passed away, the vet we were talking about, served as uh, General MacArthur's Morse key operator during the Philippine campaign. Mm. That's where he enlisted, and he enlisted from. And he would tell me the stories of the 156th, and I found out afterwards that General Hughes's father was the commanding officer of the armory also. So the, the armory laid dormant. I'm going to segue this into uh, Russ to pick up on it. The, the, the building laid dormant. Mr. Kaplan, I'm going to let him explain how that developed. But when it was under construction, Andy and I walked through one night with Mr. Kaplan, and it was just, there was a bulb of... Uh, a bare bulb just hanging, you know, in the area. And we happened to look at the plaque of a group of veterans and they were from World War One. Uh, we didn't know who they were. So uh, Andy and I were talking, Mr. Kaplan walked over, and the three of us are standing there looking at this plaque. We're wondering who they were, where they were, et cetera, et cetera. Joe Farina provided the history. They were the Hindenburg 39. They were members of uh, Newburgh and um, Middletown who had formed together at the 156th 
joined up with the Fighting 69th, which is one of the reasons why he's up here. That is history. He, was, he wasn't even thought of at that time. But they went over as a unit. And the morning of September the 29th, 1918, the whistle was blown. They come up out of the trenches and got caught in horrific machine gun and mortar fire. But they broke the line. They held the line and then broke the line. The war ended six weeks later. But Joe Farina would tell the story that every one of those guys was honored at the Newburgh Free Academy. And they had a sweater there. We do have possession of the sweater of somebody who actually served in there. So even for us, and Mr. Kaplan's a little older than both Andy and I, that was a historical piece that we didn't want let to die. That became part of, of the legacy. And it started out in just a pass through to the armory. I'm speaking with Richie Lay and Russ Vernon. Richie is the chairman of the Purple Heart Hall of Honor, and uh, Russ is the vice chairman. We're going to talk about shortly the upcoming Patriot Project. Go ahead, Russ. Let's let's get into a little bit about the armory in the background. Sure. You say, how do we connect kids to soldiers? Our country was founded on citizen soldiers, and these armories across the nation, many of them have gone dormant. So what we've done with the Newburgh Armory Unity Center is we've collaborated with the local hospital, colleges, school district, local companies, rebuilt, and and the unions who have been tremendous, and rebuilt this facility into a state-of-art education and recreation facility where we're teaching our youth. And when I say youth, it's pre-K to sixth grade primarily. We're teaching them, number one, how to read. It's, It's a shame in this country that we have children right here that can't read at grade level. So we're focused on solving poverty through literacy. We're turning our children around. But once they can read, even better and more important is we're giving them life and career skills. We're teaching them how to be nurses, how to code, how to fly planes, how to fly drones. And it's really exciting to see our youth embracing these opportunities. And they will be productive young men and women that'll be our next doctors, lawyers, Mm -hmm. politicians, and maybe even a president of the United States. Children are our future. There's no question about that. Can I just say one thing? Mr. Kaplan shows up there every Saturday. I mean, he's there all the time, back and forth. But one of the things that that was so crucial in this was the character building. Yes, those skills are important, the reading, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember looking above the gym, and there's a code of conduct that they have to follow. And it goes back into respect, et cetera, et cetera. And I happened to say to Mr. Kaplan one day, I said, you know, that's a great, that's a great code to live by. And he said, yeah, but it's not mine. It was the kids who came together. So once they come up with that code of how to act, what they expected out of it, it was theirs. So he actually empowered them. And they're taking the lead on that, and that's character building and leadership. You know, we call our kids scholars, and every young boy or girl that walks in our doors gets their hand shaken. Right. They're treated with dignity and respect. We don't know race, religion, greed. Everyone is just a- An individual would, yep. And and you're reinforcing the golden rule, treat people- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to- Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The way you want to be treated. Exactly. That's what we want the whole... If, the, if this entire country would just live by that credo, what a different country it would be. If, if, if you had to treat someone the way you wanted to be treated, not what's going on right now. And by the way, you know, we were talking about history and some of the nonsense that's going on with erasing history. I don't know about you two, but I have learned a heck of a lot more from my mistakes than I have from my successes. Yep, it's true. And the country made a lot of mistakes along the way, but we learn from those mistakes and we won't let those things happen again. And erasing the history is not going to change it. We're wasting so much time and energy on all the things we're going through about, you know, slavery. Slavery was a horrible thing, obviously. Nobody wants that to ever happen again. But erasing the fact that it happened isn't going to change it. And some of those, you know, the, the big fight that just went on about the Confederate flag. I'm up at the fair. The Confederate Railroad was banned from playing there because of their name. That had nothing to do with slavery. It had nothing to do with any of that. And 600,000 people died in that battle, by the way. Died for what they believed in. We're going to forget the fact that they were willing to die for their beliefs? That's just nonsense, and I'm tired of it, to be honest with you. And there's so many other things that we need to be focused on that we're not focused on. It's time to put this behind us, I think, anyway. Well, I hope we do, and I think you can get too sensitive today. And we've got to focus on, you know, we talk about evening the playing field or making sure everyone's on par. The very best way to do that is making sure everyone can read at grade level when they leave kindergarten or first grade, that that we allow someone not to be able to read when they leave first grade is just, just so, a sin. So kudos to, to Bill Kaplan and to you and to all you're doing down there. There's a lot of other people working with you, but... You know, you're telling me that you're teaching 600 school kids how to read. And that is the key that unlocks the door to their future. Mm -hmm. You can't survive in this world without being able to read. Not successfully, anyway. It's magical. And I would tell you, I, I encourage anyone listening to any Saturday morning between 8 and 11 to come down to the armory at 321 South William Street. And I'll be glad to give you a tour and you will be uplifted like you, like you haven't anytime, uh, anytime soon. Unfortunately, the, the, the social media world we live in, how do people find out more about the armory? Is there a website they can go to or is there a Facebook yes, page? Yes, the Newburgh Armory Unity Center.org. And it's all laid out there. What's all going laid on? out. All the so programs. I encourage everyone listening to go to that site and find out more about the armory. And, and what they're doing there, which is, it, it's really incredible in a short amount of time how quickly you turn things around there because it was laying dormant. It, it was a dormant building. And by the way, they're going through the same thing in New Rochelle. New Rochelle, they want to uh, rip down the armory, which means it goes back to the Hindenburg 39. Those men and women, we had Purple Heart recipients from World War One, female. Men and women who made that ultimate sacrifice, but who stepped up because they're of their beliefs. Now, New Rochelle is doing the same thing. They want to close it and rip it down. And we made the referral to come up to the armory, see what can be done. The armory in Newburgh is, it's a template of what can be done with an old structure, but also to pull the community together. And it can be done, regardless of race, creed, color, gender. You're coming in as all as equals. And it's a matter of teamwork, of helping each other grow. You know what? And having been through that building several times, every time I go there, I'm fascinated at the, the renovation that went on there. It's a state-of-the-art right. building now, and, right. and, and we're all going to see that on Wednesday the 7th because we're all going to be there to welcome our heroes. Right. But when you come, you'll be able to witness Great what's experience. going on at the armory as well. But uh, yeah, it's just it's incredible how quickly you turn that around. Before we get back to the Patriot mission, the, one of the very magical things about the armory is no parent pays a penny 
for right. a single program for those children. And we are able to provide all services through our collaborations with our partners. Mm-hmm. And it's all volunteers. We actually have four employees do everything there, only of which two are full-time. So you can deliver incredible services with incredible results in an efficient manner without relying on government to provide them. Is there a few you'd like to recognize besides Bill Kaplan who have been a part of that? I mean, they should be recognized for what they did. Have you got the partners you're talking about? You've got sponsors. That- well, I'll tell you who has been amazing with Mr. Kaplan from day one was Senator Bill Larkin. And without Senator Larkin, it never, ever would have happened. But our unions, they provided much of the labor that built the building and they used it to train um, wow. to train their apprentices. So a lot of high school kids from right. the Newburgh Free Academy laid brick, and, learned how to lay brick. Right. The hospital is training future nurses at the armory, Mount St. Mary College, who has been the leader in the literacy efforts, is training their undergrad and grad students that are going to be our next set of teachers. And it's, you right. know, a lot of these uh, students have never been exposed to an urban area. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, unfortunately, had some fears or trepidation, but they realize when they're with these children, they realize they're children like anywhere Any, else. Anybody else, hopes, ambitions. and Exactly. Yeah. And now those teachers are going to have no fear going into an urban place like a Poughkeepsie or a Newburgh. Give that website again, Russ. Newburgh Armory Unity Center. Org. Go there and check that out. And unfortunately, and I'm going to have you back in, Russ. We're going to do a whole other show on the Armory because it's fascinating what's happened there. But this is a replay of an interview I was very proud of with Richie Lay and Russ Vernon, both of whom are on the board of directors of the Purple Heart Hall of Honor, Inc. We've got about five minutes left here, and I really want to. So the, the Patriot Project, we're asking for your help on Wednesday, but it's quite a fascinating week that these heroes are going to have. Why don't you run through, Rich? They're going to fly in on Monday, actually. They're right? coming in on, on Monday to uh, the, the city airports and Rolling Thunder and the uh, Purple Heart recipients down in um, uh, the Purple Heart chapter down in Staten Island are going to be meeting them and voluntarily driving them up. And that's where, you know, Russ and I and some, the, some of the other m- members of the board, also Brian and a number of volunteers are going to be meeting them, uh, checking them in, et cetera, et cetera. We have a full packed week from Tuesday right up to Thursday when they leave. Mm-hmm. So we have them doing something at all period of time. But the most important thing is this is their welcome home. But they're coming home to the National Purple Heart Hall of Honor, the designated National Purple Heart Hall of Honor in New Windsor, New York, uh, you know, run by the Palisades Parkway, New York State. But uh, this is theirs. This is where they could uh, tell their stories. So they fly in and they have a you know, reception, a greeting for them. Tuesday, they're going to tour all around West Point. You're going to spend a day at West Point with them, right, Russ? I'm sure. Yes, and be- they'll be greeted by the superintendent. We'll take some oral histories from these great patriots. Mm-hmm. They'll get a tour of West Point. They'll spend time going up and down the Hudson on the superintendent's boat. And then there'll be a banquet the first night. And then Wednesday is when our day kicks off. You're going to you're gonna be transported to the Purple Heart Hall of Honor and, and the Cantonment, I guess. Right. Gonna have we're going to switch gonna, them. Yeah, because yes, of the... Yeah, and then yeah. they'll, they're having lunch. And then they'll go to Washington headquarters. Mm-hmm. So they'll spend half a day Washington headquarters, half a day at the Hall of Honor. And then it's a beautiful police escort from the Hall of Honor to the Newburgh Armory Unity Center. Which is where we're all going to be waiting for them. 
Uh, and there's a there's a there's a program that Russ Russ you're going to MC the program there. Yes. Uh, they're all going to be honored. We're, we're going to find out what their history was and, and, and you know where they served. Uh, and they'll be thanked. We're going to have a uh, a canyon of heroes, if right. you will. We're going to set up yep. there. They're going to come through the crowd, and the crowd is going to have a chance to reach out and touch and thank these guys and women for what they've done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, then it'll be a, the program that Russ is going to put on, honoring them and giving the history about not only the hall and what the hall is all about, but them themselves, which because they are the rock stars for the week. Is what mm-hmm. we're going to treat them, and then you're going to have a banquet for them afterwards. There, I guess at the uh, buddy. And one of the yeah. one of the amazing things that's going to happen is Captain Paul Bud Buca, a Medal of Honor recipient, is going to be the keynote speaker. So what a way to welcome these Vietnam vets home than by one of their own, a, a Medal of Honor winner. And I don't think people realize what the Medal of Honor, how significant that is. There's not a lot of Medal of Honor no. people awarded that. That's not given the, lightly. The, the American Society of Congressional Medal of Honor recipients signifies the absolute peak of not just heroism, but dedication to their mission and cause. Paul Buca is uh, on the board of directors also with us, and he travels throughout the country as a member of the Society of Congressional Medal of Honor recipients. So he he promotes that story, but also he's been with a great many uh, Purple Heart recipients. So his story is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Paul Bucha, B-U-C-H-A. You can Google him and just read his um, his history. It's absolutely phenomenal. He's a retired captain from the United States Army. Yes, and, yes uh, he is. I'm, I can't, I, I've read his story, but I can't wait to hear him. So anyway, so we'll have the program and, and then... Uh, you know, these guys will hopefully by the end of that day will feel like rock stars and feel like they've finally gotten the recognition that they deserve. I mean, let's face it, you know, any soldier, and it's funny, you talk about soldiers who have been in combat and haven't been in combat. I tell them all the time with the Warrior Wagon Project, we do, you raise your right hand and you swore to defend the Constitution. You had no idea what you're getting yourself into. It's not like you said, I, you know, I want to, you know, I want to do this, or I want to do that. So once you, to me, once you make that commitment, you're a hero. You've decided to die for strangers to keep this country free. And that's what it's all about. And we need to let them know that we know that they did that and we're grateful for it. And and the kids, especially like we talked about, need to know why they have their freedom today. And these are living examples of why they have that freedom. Could we just ask Russ, uh, your daughter, could you explain what happened with the daughter with the writing? Uh-huh. Well, one of the exciting things when, when you're in service, mm-hmm. probably the formation you look forward to most every day is mail formation, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> where you get the letters from home. And when you don't get a letter, it's kind of a kind of a dis- Disappointment. Sure. And each of these patriots at the end of our event at the armory is going to have mail call. And we've already received over 300 letters personally handwritten mm-hmm. for these uh, patriots. And uh, they're going to be touched. Um, these, these recipients come from the Korean War, Vietnam, Iraq, and Afghanistan, and they represent all of the services, much to my chagrin, we've actually got a couple Navy guys. Um, but, One or two Marines. <laughs> but we've got all the services um, represented, and it'll be really exciting. When you talk about being welcomed home, those letters mm-hmm. are going to be cherished by those veterans forever. Uh, so, Richie, the, the, it's the Purple Heart Hall of Honor. What's the website for the, the where 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 can people follow us? I'm sure this is all going to be up on social media while it's the, happening. The Purple Heart Hall of Honor Inc. 
ink uh-huh. is the is the key thing. You have to add the I and C at the end. But uh, I, that, I would think probably on on Facebook or it's a lot of this that's going on as it's happening will be documented up on Facebook so oh, people yes. can watch. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Wednesday, August 7th, which is only th- three days away. This is Sunday. We're talking about this Wednesday. We need everybody, please. You know, they're going to be arriving around 5 o'clock, so get there Four four thirty. Let's fill that armory up with patriots. Can we just tell them why it's so important sure, that day? Sure. Uh, August the seventh is the day that the uh, Purple Heart, that with badge of military merit, was actually produced, uh, written into law by General George Washington at Washington's headquarters in seventeen eighty two. August seventh, seventeen eighty two. And, and having been with you before about this, the right. backstory was is that. George Washington felt that his soldiers should be compensated for what they've done, but there was no money. Just like right. today in our budget, there is no money to compensate our heroes. So he had to find a way to honor them, to give them something as a gratitude for what they've done. And right. that's how the badge of merit came about and eventually became the Purple Heart. And it was only given to enlisted men mm-hmm. and women. Mm-hmm. There were women uh, involved in it. No officers were involved. That was that, his way of, like you said, not giving them a raise, giving them a piece of cloth. Which what are you saying? Lot. Officers don't do anything? <laughs> <laughs> we take well, care of you. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Thank you. Colonel. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, gentlemen, it's the fastest 30 minutes in radio, and we're already yes, going is. beyond 30 minutes. Russ, I'm going to have you back to talk more about the Armory, and, and Richie, you'll be back several times. We'll do another show afterwards and recap what's going on. August 7th is where we need your help help at the Newburgh Armory, and it's located at 321 South William Street in Newburgh. We need you there by 4-4-30 to fill that armory up, and we want to we wanna welcome these heroes and give them the welcome home that they most of them never got, and uh, let them know that we do understand what they did for us, and we want to thank them for it. They made the sacrifice now. The yeah, audience we has to come plenty out of parking. Yeah, you'll, when Free. you get down to the armory, you'll be directed <laughs> where to go. There'll be plenty of people there showing you. I'll be there broadcasting live. Uh, I'm humbled and honored to be part of this, but we'll be broadcasting live, so we'll be filling you in as it's going on. Go on the website, check it out. But please, I hope we see you on Wednesday, and uh, bring your flags, and please bring your children. We'd love to see as many children there as we can so they begin to understand what it's all about. Richie, thanks for coming out. Thank you, sir. Russ, thank you for coming out, pal. And and listen, this is going to be a great event, and we're going to do it more than more than once a year, I hope, but at least once a year. And uh, Stick with it and uh, and join us, because we're looking forward to seeing you there. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Clearview Hudson Valley. And I want to remind you that all the episodes are available on the Clearview Hudson Valley podcast, available at iHeartRadio.com. I'm Uncle Mike, and if I don't see you out and about, I'll catch you on the radio. Have a great week, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.